do not shrink back. Do not shrink back. This is not a time to, to shrink back. This is not a time to be motivated by the fear that the devil is trying to plant in people's hearts. Do not shrink back. This is a time to advance full steam ahead for the kingdom of God. We're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we hear. We are moved by the word of God and the intents and plans and purposes of God. And this is a time to expect a great harvest of souls. A great harvest of souls. Hebrews 10.39 But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. You see, shrinking back, shrinking back discourages our faith. It is time to fill up on the word. Well, it's always time to fill up on the word, right? But it is time to march forward victoriously, taking the place that you have in Christ. It is time for the advancement of the kingdom. What the devil intended for harm, God will use for good. Period. He's going to be sad about the day that he tried to bring fear on God's people. Right? So we are those who have faith and are saved. By our faith, we are saved in perilous times from the hand of the enemy. By our faith, we are saved in perilous times from the hand of the enemy. Another translation of this says, we are not cowards, but the courageous. Don't you love that? We are not cowards, but the courageous. Joshua says, be strong and very courageous. And because we do not, because we will not, because we refuse to shrink back, the world will see a light and a hope for which it is desperate. For which it is desperate. A light and a hope that it cannot resist. There is no spirit that God ever created on this earth can resist, that can resist his light, his hope, his love. Cannot. He would be an unjust father if he created us to not have a spirit that could resist that, not receive it. You see what I'm saying? So, we are a light, saints, and we will draw into the family of God those around us who are being tormented by the fear of the world. We are the revelation of Christ. You are, you are the revelation of Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, the, okay, the world, the world, the world cannot resist your faith. Your faith in Christ. The world cannot resist that. You must stand firm. You must speak your faith. You have to be bold about your faith. You speak the truth in love, yes, in love, but with boldness, with boldness. You speak the promises of God, not the fear of the world, not the fear of the world. We speak the promises of God. That's how you become hope and light to a dying generation. You are the hope. You are the light of the world. <coughs> so anyway, <coughs> you know, many have been referring to this uh, coronavirus. Many have been referring to this as a time when God, when God is shaking the earth. Absolutely, 100%, totally not true. Not true. There couldn't be anything further from the truth. You see, saints, 
we are in what age? We are in the church age. We are in the church age. We are in the church age. We are in the age of the gospel of Christ that draws men unto repentance by the mercy and love of God. That's what the church is designed to do. That is your mission. The church age. This dispensation, it is not a dispensation of the wrath of God. The devil works and tries to manipulate and tries to bring disaster and fear and torment and oppression in those things. But they're against the word of God. We've been given the word of God. We've been given the living Christ, the living word, that defeats every darkness. You are a missionary right now where you are in this age to draw men unto repentance through the love of Christ. Through the love of Christ into the arms of a loving father. God during the church age does not does not bring calamity on this earth. Don't listen to that. It's a bunch of garbage. It is God's desire that none should perish. It's his desire that none should perish. It was the miracles of Jesus, the goodness of God, the mercy that draws men to repentance. Right? Right? This is the age of the Holy Spirit anointing. This is the age of the Holy Spirit anointing. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to you for revelation, wisdom, and knowledge so that you would do greater things, greater things than Christ. That's why he sent him. This is a dispensation of the Holy Spirit. This is an age of the Holy Spirit, anointing in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. And it doesn't dwell in you to do nothing. It dwells in you by the love of God to turn hearts from hearts of stone hearts of flesh. Right? Holy Spirit working in people will woo them. The Holy Spirit working through you. You will woo people unto him. You will woo them and their resilient, their, their you know, hearts that might be resisting him will melt. And that stoniness will be dissolved And they receive hearts of flesh to receive the love of God. That's the age that we're in. That's the age of the church. That's what you and I are for. You know, <laughs> you know, here's the deal. This is not all about us, okay? This is about you. God wants to bless you, certainly. Certainly God wants to bless you. You're blessed just by the fact that you're a child of God. There is no greater blessing. There is no greater blessing. All the rest of it, you know, all the things, that's all well and good. But honestly, this is not about us. Do you think, you know, this is a, a me, 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 me generation. I want to be happy. I want to do this. I want to do that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, do you think Jesus, do you think that's what Jesus was thinking? You know, next week's Easter. You think that's what Jesus was thinking when he had the assignment to go to the cross? Do you think he wanted to go to the cross? Do you think he wanted to be spat upon? Do you think he wanted to suffer? Do you think he wanted to have his beard plucked out? Do you think he wanted to wear a crown of thorns? Do you think he wanted to have his back slashed? Do you think he wanted to be so tortured that he was beyond recognition? 
what are you whining about today? What are you whining about today? His love took him to the cross. His love for you took him to the cross. Do you think we could have a little bit of that kind of love for other people? Huh? Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, he suffered. He suffered to bring that love to you, to bring that love to the earth. He suffered to bring mercy. He suffered to bring forgiveness by repentance unto him. He suffered to do that. He suffered. It is the cross that brought heaven to earth for you and me. And that's what we are intended to share in these last days. And these are the last days, saints. I believe that. These are the last days. You see, the church age is not the age of the wrath of God. The believers in Christ, those who are looking for him, they are going to be raptured. They are going to meet Jesus in the sky. And they will be taken. I'm a pre-trib person. I believe that. We will be taken before the great tribulation, those of us who are looking for Jesus. Don't you want everyone that you know or that you can reach to be able to experience that also? You see, when the wrath of God gets poured out, that is the time when, yes, it will, there is a time, there is a time when the wrath of God is going to be poured out against the Antichrist. And the Antichrist will be defeated. But we're not going to be here for that. But for now, the church age, we must remember that we, the church, have a special mission to bring the world the knowledge of his love, not his wrath, not his wrath. He does not destroy with death, disease, sickness, oppression, fear. That's not his character. That's not his character. Hallelujah, thank you. He wishes that none should perish. And it is our God given calling to walk fearlessly. It is your God given calling to walk fearlessly. To walk fiercely, fiercely for him. To walk fiercely. Do you think the world is going to be motivated by or or enraptured by fear? Oh, yeah. I can see I kind of want that what that Christian has. No. You see, we have faith. We offer faith. Faith in the word. In a little in a minute here, we're going to go to Luke 21, 34 through 36. And we are told, we are told, we are told that as believers in Christ, we have a way of escape. See, we don't have to fear, we have a way of escape. Luke 21, 34 through 36. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. Be careful, saints. Especially when maybe we can't gather. You know, there's a reason that we are supposed to gather. It says, forsake not the gathering of the saints, especially as the days become darker. Because we need to edify one another. We need to build one another up. The devil loves isolation. That's why we're trying to get everything that we possibly can out on the media, right? And we don't really have the technology here, but, you know, we're working on it. But it says, be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing. And see, when, you, when the anxieties of life, when you let the fear, not you, not the people at River City Church, Washington, but when, the, when, you, when people let that fear, they let that anxiety in, it, 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 it tempts them away. 
It diminishes their strength. And then they are tempted by the wiles of the enemy, drunkenness, carousing, you know, any form of sin that can pull them away. That's why we have to stay strong and edified. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on on you suddenly like a trap. Be on guard. Be on guard. You are soldiers. You must be on guard. Like we studied last week, you have to guard that precious gift that has been given unto you, unto all of us. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the earth. You see, this is a time to cling. This is a time to draw nigh unto God. This is a time to continually seek his presence. Well, every time is actually a time for this, but it is crucial. You see, the devil's always trying to sink your ship, saints. (laughs) He can't do it. He can't do it. He's always trying to sink the ship. But we are not tossed about by every wave of doctrine. We will stand firmly on the word of Christ, on the gospel of Christ, on the gospel of the good news of Christ. Be always on the watch. Don't let your guard down. And pray that you may be able to escape all, 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 big word, all, doesn't mean just some of it, all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. This is the time to be watchful, not to shrink back, and to press forward into the harvest. Press forward into the harvest. Saints, you, what a gift. You, 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 saints, are the answer. You are the answer through Christ, of course, but you are the answer to the things coming upon the world for those who are yet to believe. You're the answer. Hallelujah. You are their opportunity. You are their opportunity to walk through the door to Jesus. To walk, and and that's for eternal life. That's for breaking bondages off their life. Breaking chains, the things of the devil that are trying to destroy and hold back. You are their opportunity. Think of yourself that way. We cannot give up. We will not give up our territory. You are the fertilizer for the harvest. That's who you are in Christ. You are the fertilizer for the harvest. Luke 19, 12 through 27. We're going to get to that in a minute. I'm not quite going there. But we're going to go there. It's a story of parable. It's the story of a king or a um, a would-be king <laughs> and the minus. We're going to go there in just a second. But the thing that we need to realize, you have been given a precious gift. You have been given a land of promise. You know, scripture all over. Remember, oh, maybe a month or so ago when we were, when I said, go through all the scriptures and talk about where it says inherit the land. Inherit the land. The promises of God. You see, you must occupy. You must occupy the land. You must occupy the land. Do not give up your territory to the devil. Don't walk away. Don't shrink back. He's ever trying to encroach. And if you stand firmly on the word of God, stand firmly on the promises of God, stand firmly in the love of God, He cannot take one inch from you. Not one inch. Not one little grain of sand. Not one little pebble. But you must occupy. 
you must occupy. How do you occupy? How do you occupy? You stand on the promises of God. What's that song? Standing, standing. <laughs> Love it. In the face of fear, in the face of oppression, in the face of darkness, in the face of, of, of sickness, in the face of disease, in the face of oppression and torment, you stand. Having done all, stand. Having done all, stand. I'm occupying my land. You're not going to come across my borders. Well, think about that. Think about that. God's land does not have borders. It'll keep out darkness, but the, the approach, the spreading of God's, of God's mission, it has no borders. Right? It's limitless. It's limitless. So we occupy. We occupy by standing on the promises of God. We occupy by being witnesses of his love and mercy. We occupy by being witnesses of his love and mercy. We occupy by refusing to accept the fear and the lies of the enemy. We occupy by speaking what? We speak repentance unto forgiveness into the love of Christ. We speak repentance unto forgiveness into the loving arms of our Father. That's how you occupy. That's how you draw people in. We occupy through obedience to the word. The devil wants to get you off the word because when he knows if he can get the solid rock, the foundation, he knows if he can get you to walk away from the, wor from the word, he can tempt you and attack weakness. And we don't want to lose our testimony, right? Ephesians 4.15 says, Speak the truth in love. Occupy by shining the light of Jesus. Occupy by shedding the light. Occupy by speaking the word. Occupy by speaking your faith in the only risen Christ. The only, the only destroyer of death. John 1.4, speaking about Jesus. In him was life... And that life was the light of all mankind. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Dark devil. Light Jesus. Right? Dark devil, light Jesus. John 6, 63. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. We are not here to gratify our flesh. Jesus didn't come to gratify his flesh. Think about that. We are here to please our Father. That's it. That's it. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Follow the words of Jesus, and it will be well with you all the time. All the time. We may have to give up temporary pleasures, but we gain eternal treasures. Right? Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive. It is alive. We need to allow that to sink into our spirits. It is an alive and active force. The word of God is alive. This is life. It is alive. This is a living thing. The word, the revelation of the word sinking into our spirit. It, has, it is a creative force. The word of God spoke the world into being. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul 
and spirit. Carnal spirit. Carnal life. Death life. Every person's spirit knows because God created you this way. It knows the difference between carnal and spirit, carnal and life. I, I always say this, God would, be not, would not have been a just father if he didn't put something in every human being to know. Whether we follow that, whether we yield is our choice. And when we yield, when we yield, we gain life. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, the word of God divides. It brings life. It separates the darkness. It penetrates the darkness. It reveals the darkness. We occupy by speaking and sharing our faith with boldness. Time is short, saints. Time is so short. This is not a time to be complacent. Is not, this is not a time to allow the thinking of the world, the ways of the world. It's not time to come in agreement with that. We might have to obey laws, Right? But it is not a time to give in to the mentality that created those laws. You see what I'm saying? We walk in a different spirit. And we will do, we will continue to advance the kingdom. This is not going to push us down. We are not going to shrink back. The devil is going to be sorry the devil is going to be sorry that he ever tried this. I truly believe that this is going to be the beginning of a great harvest. The world is going to be turning to you like never before. And you have a great, great treasure to offer them. But don't agree. Don't agree with a plague of fear. Don't agree with a pandemic other than a pandemic in a good way of God's love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, healing, provision, power, authority, the name of Jesus above every other name. Every knee must bow. Every knee must bow. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I, it doesn't even faze me. It really doesn't. I, I don't even think about it. Proverbs 24, 10 through 12. If you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? See, we're not going to falter. We are not faltering in a time of trouble. Trouble is in the world. It is not in us. Right? There's trouble in the world. Jesus said there would be trouble in the world. But it's not in us. It's not who we are. We don't receive the trouble. I don't receive the trouble. I receive the peace. I receive the joy of my Lord and King. Besides which, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace, during any time, during any time, my grace is sufficient for you. For in your weakness, God's power is made strong for us, right? Oh, it's not even up there. It says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. He knows you're going to have weak moments. Rest in his power. Rest in him. Know that he's for you and not against you. Know that he holds you in the palm of his hand. Know that the word says that I am your help in time of trouble. I lift up my eyes into the hills from whence cometh my strength. 
the maker of heaven and earth. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. I shall rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I shall rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He is my strength. He is my redeemer. He is my reconciler unto eternal life with him. He is my inheritance. Every spiritual blessing of Christ belongs with me to me because I am seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ. If you falter in time of trouble, how small is your strength? Rescue those saints. This is your mission. This is your mission. You cannot fulfill this mission if you are not walking in faith. You must be fearless. You must be fierce. You must not shrink back. You have been given a job. Rescue those being led away to death. By what? By sin, by fear, by oppression, by low self-esteem, by feeling that they serve a God who will never forgive them. Not that they serve a God who's going to come and Drag him down and pour out his wrath. We are in the church age. Your mission is love. Your mission is to display a God of love, of mercy, kindness. I would have fainted had I not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And that is the age and that is the message that we will proclaim until we are removed pre-trib in the rapture. And then is the time of God's wrath. Poured out against the Antichrist and every demonic force that laughingly thinks that it has any power against the creator of the universe. Do you see the power that you are? If you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? Rescue those. Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering toward the slaughter. There is a world around you because they are having faith in the lies of the devil that is staggering toward slaughter. I will not have that blood on my shoulders. I will speak the word of God fearlessly, even if someone hates me for it. In love. In love. Speak the truth in love. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, ha, 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 that is so not true. He's basically saying, you can't say that. You can't say that. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life? Thank you, Jesus. I'm hidden in you. I'm seen through the blood. My life is guarded. And that's what I want for everybody else. Does he who... Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? You see, that doesn't mean we live by works. Okay, so don't get that in your head. Okay? That doesn't mean you live by works. We will be blessed according to our works. We will be blessed according to the things we do, but we don't live by works. 
We live because we're saved. We live because we're saved. Because we're in Christ Jesus. Because of him alone and nothing else, nothing that we did or didn't do. Him and him only. Okay, so I told you I was going to get to that parable about the ruler and the miners. <coughs> Luke 19, we're gonna, I'm going to try to read through this whole thing, 12 through 27. He said, you know, I really disliked this parable when I first read it, like, you know, years ago, years ago. I really couldn't even stand it. I couldn't even go there to read it. When you really understand it, it's really awesome. (laughs) A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king. And I'm not going to talk about the historical people, the real people, you know, maybe about about whom this refers. We're going to look at it in terms of Jesus. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. Well, who's that? Who's that? That's our Jesus. That's how I see this. Jesus came to a country here on earth from his place in heaven, and he is going to return. Hallelujah. 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 So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. Put this money to work. Saints, you have seed. Yes, you have physical seed, money seed. Yeah, you need to put that to work in the kingdom. But you have the word seed. The almighty word, the living word, the truth of the word, the word seed. It will never return void unto you. God assures that his word does not return void. You have a job to plan it. The minute you sow the seed into somebody's life, Wow. You put your revelation and your faith for that seed to work. You plan it. And you've done something for the kingdom of God. Whether you see it or don't see it. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. Woo! See, that's where we are. Right? Hallelujah. (sighs) But, his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. Did that happen? Yeah. Was he forsaken? Did men hate him, revile him, curse him, crucify him? They didn't want him. It wasn't what they thought it should look like. You know, that's really true about so much in life. The answer is not what you think you wanted. The immediate doesn't necessarily look like what you wanted or what you thought it should be like. So you hate it. You push it away. Not you, not the people at RCC, but you see that that happens. It's not what you think the package is supposed to be. And as a result, if you turn away, thank God for repentance and forgiveness. But when you turn away, you suffer consequences in the world because you're putting off the thing that maybe you don't see right now that is more grand and more glorious than anything you could have ever imagined. His intents and purposes for you are more grand and more glorious than we could ever imagine.
But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however. <laughs> he's king. Whether you obey or not, whether you agree or not, he's king. He's king. And returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. What are you going to gain with the word seed that's been planted into your life? What are you going to gain for the kingdom? What am I going to gain for my Lord? What kind of a harvest? Oh, joy. Oh, joy. That we could be hands in the harvest. Oh, joy. That we live in this age. And just because you think you're older in years, your latter days will be greater than the former if you allow it. And that doesn't just go because you're later on in years. The latter will be greater than the former even if you've gotten yourself into a mess in the former. If you turn it over, if you allow the forgiveness of Jesus to wash through your heart and your soul, the latter days will be greater, more grand, more glorious than you could ever imagine because that's the kind of God we serve. He turns ashes into beauty. He turns ashes into beauty. Quit looking at the ashes. Quit looking at the rubble. Quit looking at the mistakes. Quit looking at the mistakes that other people made. Believe beauty for them. Believe beauty for others. In order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant. That's 100% of what he started with. Right? He had 10. 100% of what he had, he got that many more. Well done, my good servant, the master replied, because you have been trustworthy. If you just employ your faith, you're trustworthy. You're trustworthy. He, wa he just wants you to walk by faith. He doesn't want you to look at the, the work. He wants you to walk by faith. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He does the work. His word has already accomplished it. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. Isn't that interesting? You can really look at this kind of like two ways. It says, because you have been trustworthy in a small matter. Well, he, it is money that he's using here. What a small matter. You know, and that's one of the first places that the devil tries to tempt people and get them off the tithe and get them off offering. God was a giver. You know, we live in a world mentality that says if you give, you're not going to have. And God's mentality is you, if, if you give, I'm going to just create this huge harvest that comes back to you. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. Where's your city? Who's your city? Where's your city? Who's your city? Take charge of ten of them. Because you've been faithful in a small thing, a small thing. The second came to him and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master is the same principle that applies. His master answered, you take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. The mina you gave me, here. 
Here it is. I, I kept this thing. This one little thing. I, I didn't put it anywhere. I just uh, wrote it up in a thing and kept it there for years. Another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away. Do not let your seed lay away somewhere unplanted in the dark. Don't hide it in a drawer. Don't put it under a bushel. You are the light of the world. You are the life-giving word of Christ to those around you. That's what Easter is all about. Resurrection, power, life, and love. Shining forth, dispelling every darkness. Do not hide your mind away. And I saw something really funny. You can say, that's not mine. (laughs) It's not mine. It's his. It's his through me. And I'm going to plan it. And I'm going to push the darkness away. And I am the army of the Lord. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. I'm going to tell you something, saints. The precepts of God are never hard. They may seem hard for the moment. They may seem like God is trying to keep goodness or pleasure or fun or whatever away from you. The precepts of God bring life and life only. They are not hard. Nothing that God asks us to do is harder than what we will experience if we refuse. His precepts. Nothing. Nothing is harder than what people experience when they refuse the precepts and choose the darkness, regardless of how tantalizing it may look at the time. Thank God for his love and mercy. Thank God for his love and mercy that there is always an open door where we return into the precept, we return to the mercy, the forgiveness, and outpouring, the love that never leaves, the love of God that never leaves, the love of God that never leaves. You take out what you did not put in and you reap what you did not sow. so stinking ungrateful, it's pathetic. It's short-sighted. It's short-sighted is what it is. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words. Life and death. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Watch what you say. Because what you say sinks into your spirit. And you don't want it there if it's negative, if, if it's against the word of God. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? At least he would have gotten something. At least he would have been doing something with the word. Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten. Sir, they said, he already has ten. Well, yeah, for good reason. For very good reason. He had ten because he used his faith. He had ten because he was faithful. God rewards your faith. He can't help but reward your faith. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, what do we have? We have Jesus. We have Jesus. We 
have Jesus. More will be given. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Do not look to the left or to the right. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Seek his presence. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. Hallelujah. But as for the one who has nothing, the one yet to believe, the one who is pushing away Jesus, even what they have will be taken away. Even what they have will be taken away. But you see, we're in, like I said before, the church age. We're in the age of love and mercy and grace and repentance unto forgiveness, unto the love of Christ, unto the full gospel, to walk in the fullness of Christ. You see, he always, we, there is always that open door. And like I said before, you are the open door of Christ to someone around you so that that situation can change. There's no darkness so great that the light and love of Christ will not turn it around. You think about relationships in your family. You think about financial hardships. You think about, um, you know, health, any type of provision. There is nothing so dark that the light and love of Jesus does not bring healing and redemption and reconciliation. When, when, when someone returns to the Lord, you know, he sees them through the blood. The slate's totally clean, totally clean, totally clean, totally clean. We don't need to be here to condemn. We need to be here to bring back, to heal. He didn't come for the healthy. Did he? he came for sinners. But you will be blessed. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Not believing in Christ is death, but believing in Christ is life. All life. Nothing but life. The only life. The only way to life. So you see, we, we go through this parable, and this, this parable has this twofold lesson for us, saints. The mission of God takes fearlessness, like I said before. It takes fearlessness. And it takes a fierce, a fierce willingness, a fierce, fierce willingness to take risks in the face of what the world has to offer. See, in the end, they're not really risks. They might seem like risks now, right? might seem like a risk when, you have to, when, when people have to walk away from a pleasure of the world. And when you spread the gospel, you might think it's a risk. It's not a risk. People might hate you for it. It's not a risk. You're planting seeds unto a kingdom of light, a mighty harvest of souls. In the end, it's not a risk. You see, this, the world is on this ever downward spiral. And in comes the word of God through you, and you are an ascension life. You are an, an ascension life unto those people. Staying fearless in troubling times is our salvation. It's the only avenue. It's the only avenue. It's the only avenue. It's the only safety that, that is actually offered in this world. It is the only safety. And we have a responsibility to plant seeds, to fertilize that harvest. The second thing is that the enemies of King Jesus will be slain and judged in the end. 
It's a sobering thought. It's a sad thought. It's a really sad thought. It doesn't mean that we don't serve a God of mercy. We are commanded to be the hands and the feet and the words that deliver them out of that death sentence. There's still time for every person. There's time for every person. And you just might be that safety line. You might be that preserver that gets thrown into the water when someone's drowning. It is our command, it is our job, it is our, de- our mission to deliver to them the only hope, the only hope, the only saving grace that will deliver them from darkness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What are your weapons? What are your weapons? Your weapons are the word of God. Your weapons are the word of God. Know it. Hide it in your heart. Let it come out your mouth. Meditate on it. And your weapon is the demonstration of his love the word of God, and the demonstration of his love. The word of God and the demonstration of his love. Someone might treat you like a doormat. Doesn't mean you agree with that. It doesn't mean you accept it, put up with it. You can speak the truth in love. But when you demonstrate the love of God, you will defeat the darkness that caused that thing in their heart. It will be plucked out. Heart of stone into a heart of flesh. (coughs) The demonstration of his love, his mercy, and his forgiveness. You must speak repentance unto the love of Christ. Repentance unto the love. It is his mercy. His mercies are new every morning. It is his mercy and his love that draws people unto repentance during this age. You are the church. You are the church. Saints, you are the church. Think about who you are representing. Think about what that means. Think about who you are. You are the church. Hallelujah. And you are destined and you are commanded to carry out and deliver the gospel of Christ. Acts 10.38 How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing That's the church age. Doing good and healing. All who were under the power of the devil. Goodness. The goodness of God brings deliverance. How often did Jesus Perform miracles to people who didn't even believe in him. Do not begrudge that, saints. It draws souls. Don't say, he got his miracle, why didn't I get mine? Well, first part of that, you're saying you didn't get yours is a problem. Healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. God is with you, saints. God is with you, saints. He is for you and not against you. He holds you. You are engraved in the palm of his hand. He carries you. 
Mark 16, 15 through 16. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. You are, de- you are destined, you are commanded to preach the good news of the gospel. The good news. Don't let the thinking of a religious spirit get into you and think that this is a pouring out of the wrath of God. Please, please. It goes against everything that the church age is about. It goes against everything that we are for. Yes, there will be that dispensation. But that's not your job. Ours is the commandment of love. It's repentance unto salvation. Repentance unto salvation into the loving arms of our Father. Loving, forgiving arms of our Father. John 13, 34 through 35. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. This is what draws people unto the loving arms of Jesus. The only hope of salvation eternally and the only hope of salvation to to desperate situations that are going on in their lives. The only hope. The love of the Lord demonstrated draws people to him. So we started with Hebrews 10.39. It said, we do not belong to those who shrink back. I will not allow the things of this world to cause me to shrink back unto death in my own life, to shrink back into death so that I cannot be the light that God intended me to be with a brilliant testimony of faith and forgiveness and love and mercy into a loving Father's arms. I will not get my eyes on the fear around me. I am in this world. I am not of this world. I am a strange creature. And you are too. Nobody understood Jesus totally when he was here on earth, and they're not going to understand you. But they will be drawn to you. They will be drawn to your testimony. They will be drawn to your strength. They will be drawn to your peace. They will be drawn to your joy. They will be drawn to the patience that you have in face of turmoil. They will be drawn to your fearlessness. They will be drawn to your fierce strength, knowing in whom you believe. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Hebrews 10, 39, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We are not cowards. We are the courageous. We are the courageous. Hallelujah. That's what I think the Lord wanted me to say to you today, and I'm going <laughs> to receive our tithes and offerings. And I, I, really, I really cannot get away from this verse. Second Corinthians 9, 8 through 12. And God is able... To make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, at all times, having all that you need, all, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, He scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who ministers or supplies 
ministers seed to the sower. That's you. He ministers seed to you. You don't have it because of you. You have it because he ministers it to you. And bread for food will also supply and increase, supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest, hallelujah, of your righteousness. We pray that over every seed sown, that it will enlarge the harvest of God's kingdom here on the earth, that it will enlarge the harvest in your personal life, Supplying all that you need abundantly. More than enough. El Shaddai God. El Shaddai God. More than enough. Almighty. In every situation. You will be made rich in every way. Every way. So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving unto God. That's our goal. Thanksgiving unto God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is overflowing into many expressions. Think about that, saints. That the seed you sow it's not only for God's people. It overflows into many expressions of thanksgiving unto God. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I thank you for the seed. I thank you that there is an abundant harvest into the lives of every person sowing the seed that is in a planting. It is a planting. 